Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You can follow us on Twitter or send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com. It is indeed uh, time for Movies and Booze. We are joined by Olivia Fahey, Rachel Ryan and Leslie Williams, uh, who was uh, with us last week, if only briefly. Uh, and, uh, the, and so for the, for the small number of people who were in Hookhead Lighthouse uh, uh, last week, you're going to hear something you heard already, which is we're going to uh, talk about some of those. So tell us, I suppose we'll start with you, Leslie. Tell us what those wines are we're going to be talking about. We have two wines from Italy and we have one from the Veneto and if you head down the coast down to Puglia we have one from Puglia so on the same um, eastern side. Um, The first is a pink Pinot Grigio. Most people think of Pinot Grigio as white but in mm. fact it's grey well grey grigio means grey so yeah. um, so which is which is a light pink and if you leave it on its skins you get a pink wine and it's nice oh. and fruity and the other is um, Passavento which is a it's a wine made partially from dried grapes down in Puglia in the heel of Italy and it's a thing that the Italians are doing quite a bit these days uh, just to sort of add a bit more juice and richness there is a trend towards sweeter wine so it's if you dry the grapes then you get sweeter wines uh, but not it's not too sweet it's just a little more fruity a little more yeah. kind of fruit driven okay. yeah not too it's sweet. not too sweet no, no. you you with that and actually uh, we are going to give away uh, four bottles of wine to two uh, lucky listeners uh, respectively uh, all the uh, with uh, thanks to Marks and Spencers so uh, t- if you want to win uh, those bottles of wine you have to answer this question Marks and Spencers sell very famous jellies based on a character called Percy but what is Percy is Percy a, a llama or B, a pig. Send your name or answer where you are in the country to 53106. That will cost you 30 cents and we'll, two, uh, we'll pick two winners uh, by the end of the show and let you know uh, who they are. Now, Olivia Fahey and the, the two films today. Uh, Don't worry, darling, doesn't seem to be... Seems to be the, the scandal behind it seems to have got more publicity than the actual uh, uh, story of the movie. Oh, exactly. And you know what? I actually think the drama surrounding the movie would make a better movie than the movie that we've gotten as well. So okay. it's, it's going to be, a, it's an interesting film, shall we say. Yeah. Can, can Harry Styles act? Yes. Yes. He's fine. Okay. He's just kind of outperformed. That's not very convincing. Yeah, that's not very convincing. Uh, given the, it's given like pretty, every other film that comes out has Harry Styles in it. It seems yes, to be a model. And, and with like the the policeman is also coming out shortly as well, yeah. and that's not really boding too well for him either. But I think the main issue was that he was just up against two powerhouse performances from Chris Pine and Florence Pugh as well. So he just wasn't really able to to match them. Right, and uh, Rosha and Frank. Uh, I like the uh, the, the, the <laughs> hand to the heart oh already. Oh my yeah. goodness! Do you know what? It was at times you're sort of watching the film, going, "What on earth am I watching?" And then you're kind of going, "No, no, I'm on board. Pass me the tissues. This is beautiful." So yes, looking forward to talking about that. Okay, as well. all right, that 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 sounds lovely. Uh, right, Rachel, Ed Sheeran yes. and Pokemon together at last. Uh, I mean, how long have we waited for this? I mean, Ed Sheeran has collaborated with everyone else, so I feel like it's only right that he collaborates with Pokemon. <laughs> um, yeah, so he announced this week that he is bringing out a song next week inspired by Pokemon. It's going to be called Celestial and it's out next Thursday. So the story behind this is that Ed Sheeran is just like a massive Pokemon fan and has been since he was like seven years old. He used to tape the TV show on old VHSs and used to watch them back. Um, And then he got a Game Boy when he was eight, a Game Boy 
a yellow one, he says. And he used to play Pokemon on this. And uh, he loves it so much that he still actually plays this Game Boy when he's on long haul flights, like 20 years later. So he loves Pokemon. He was in Japan and he... and He, he could afford a, like a Nintendo Switch <laughs> or something, like I'd, it's, say. I, I'd say. or maybe like a Wii or something, yeah. probably. Uh, he could probably afford to buy Pokemon, like the whole company, to be fair. Uh, but he was in Japan and he met with some of the, the managers in Pokemon and jokingly was like, oh yeah, I'll write a song for you one day. Huh? And now he's actually gone and done it. So the, the song is going to be accompanied by apparently a really nice kind of animated video that the studio themselves are going to make. So I'm kind of excited to see it. And as a Pokemon fan, I'm I'm kind of into it. I can't wait to see it. So but it's it's a song about Pokemon rather than it's going to be in a Pokemon really game. Or... Specify. I'm not really sure. I feel like the Pokemon like there will be some Pikachu's and Bulbasaur's, you know, floating around the video most certainly. I would really like him to kind of work them into the lyric. If he could work the Pokemon into the lyrics, I, I'll be really impressed. What would you rhyme with Pikachu? Well, that's the challenge. Yeah. Ed needs to no. challenge himself. Uh, <laughs> to go I, I love you, I'm told, is, is the most <laughs> obvious one. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bit, you know, nah, nah. I love you, Pikachu, really. Could Pokemon he... cards are still a thing, though. They're a huge thing. They're a huge thing. I'm pretty I sure. Mine. Yeah, I, I yeah. still have some at home as well. I'm pretty sure we should no, like do a, a battle. Oh, my God. I do have some <laughs> missing. We could do a trade. That'd be great. That yeah, and when the good. trades are, I have a six year old, you know, coming home without shoes uh, to, <laughs> just, just to get our hands on some Pokemon cards. Things have gone dark. Oh, no, they're going bright. It's cutthroat out there, I'm telling you. Uh, right. And, and I suppose on a similar uh, theme, there's going to be a Gran Turismo, uh, Turismo movie. Yeah, and Gran Turismo, if anyone doesn't know, is it's a video game with just it's a it's a car race, so it's yeah. just people racing around Ed, on cars. Ed Sheeran would know that. Ed Sheeran would be well up on this, right? Maybe he'll make, write a song for them next. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is so basically it's a very simple concept of a video game. So I was thinking, how are they going to make this into a movie? But they have written a original screenplay for the movie um, so it's going to be based around <laughs> that's uh, a pretty basic requirement for, uh, for mean, a movie I would have they thought wrote it, yeah. well, they had to add in ca- there's, there's nothing to this video game right so it's going to centre around a teenager who apparently is really into the game Gran Turismo mm. and he becomes so good at it that he wins himself um, n- Nissan cars and then he becomes a really successful professional race driver okay so that's the basic premise uh, David Marshall is going to be in this who many will know from Stranger Things he plays uh, Jim Hopper in it um, so he's going to star alongside sorry, yeah Orlando Bloom who many of us will know from Lord of the Rings and other movies oh, right. so David Marshall is going to play um, a retired uh teacher and he's going to teach the teenager how to drive really well and then Orlando Bloom is going to be um, a very serious mark- hungry marketing executive who sells motorsport racing so this potentially could be really really good and potentially it could be awful it could go either way I feel I'm not really sure I'm not really into motor racing so it would have to be very good to kind of grasp my attention. It's kind of, is it, <laughs> but is it a bit fast and furiously? Well, I suppose they're not motor racing. No, per I, se, I feel but like, it's like this is going to be have a bit more harsh. You know, the teenager maybe he's struggling in school and all he has is the motor car racing, and then you know he finally gets his day in the sun. That, that's what I feel. But I don't yeah. know. They're filming it in Hungary at the moment, so it won't be out until next year. Still, though, I mean. Why? Well, like, why? why? Why does it have to be called Gran Turismo? If you had a story <laughs> yeah. around that, why do you have to call it Gran Turismo? You could have called it anything and not have to pay them any money. 
It's so true. I- I'm wondering whose idea it was to come up with it. Gran Turismo. Gran I'm Turismo, guessing. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Zach Bayline, who wrote King Richard, right? Hugely successful. Okay. He is, is writing it. So, you know, I feel like it potentially, it has potential. And, but it's your man who, who, who directed District 9. Uh, so, you know, which yeah. you, well, uh, I really enjoyed This will be really good. I need to stop running it down because I'll be eating my words next year. Yeah. Could it be, though, that um, every movie director really has like one and a quarter good movies in them? Uh, uh, the ones that have more than that are the <laughs> exception. And this is going to be the dud. Yeah. This Maybe could potentially. robots in it, you know. Like, yeah. Maybe. Ooh. Throw that but into it's, the fold. It's like your man who made The Sixth Sense. Like everything was like a crappy copy of that with mm. di- increasingly diminishing returns. That's true. Maybe they'll put some Pokemon in the cars to kind of spice it up, maybe. See, that, that I'd watch. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. That, that would be weird. <laughs> that, would be, that would be, there's acid in my popcorn. Right. Okay. So let's move on to our first wine of the day, Leslie. Okay, so the first one today is, let's read the set, Conti Puru. Conte Priuli. So, um, the Count of Priuli, I presume that means, um, which is a Pinot Grigio from Venezia, from Venice, uh, the Veneto. It's from Marks and Spencer's and it is about 12 euros. Um, so, as I say, it's pink, it's rosato. Um, you are in a kind of. So, a little bit about Pinot Grigio, first of all. So, Pinot Grigio is a clone or a, a mutation of Pinot Noir, as is Pinot Blanc, as is, you know, various other grapes. Pinot mm. Noir is notorious for um, mutating. Um, and so, you, they got a grey version, a slightly lightly pink version, and then that was worked on. And most famously, you can get very expensive versions from Alsace, where they call it Pinot Gris. But in Italy, they call it Pinot Grigio. And there are some very, very good ones from um, in northern, you know, from Treviso and from this northern part and thankfully this is where this one is from I'd be more wary of Pinot Grigio from the south and stuff because you need a cool climate to kind of bring out the best of it now the reason it's usually pink or usually not pink is that they um, pick it quite young to make sure that it's got nice and fresh crisp flavours the grape naturally doesn't have a huge amount of acidity so if you pick it young when it's a little, little bit green it's just a little fresher and then they ferment it off the skins and make a light straightforward white wine but it can also be quite a complex well relatively complex kind of wine it's always lighter in Italy like if you see New Zealand wine producers you'll often see they have a Pinot Grigio and you'll see some of them have a Pinot Gris if they're calling it Pinot Gris it's made in the French style it's more floral more fragrant richer if it's called Pinot Grigio and it's from New Zealand it'll be made in the Italian style so it's a kind of a mm. way of knowing which is mm. which so if you leave it on the skins you get a I mean this is quite a pleasant it's a lighter red they, they generally don't make dark reds because it's only grey colour it's not, not a deep pink um, you are up near Treviso as I say near, Ven- near Venice the Alps are quite near there as well um, so it's quite cool there and there's sort of cool breezes that flow down between the Alps and the sea um, so if you oh I should, I should give you a taste thank you yeah they were all sitting there looking at you going okay it's yeah. staring at the glasses <laughs> <laughs> Poor Olivia there now. To Pope Patrick Cavanagh, her tongue was hanging out like a skipping rope. <laughs> Very thirsty. So if you have a smell of that, there's uh, some nice oh, wow. sort of red fruits and a little bit of floral notes. And um, I think this is actually very fruity, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of zingy. It's more mm. it's more zingy than you'd normally get from a Pinot Grigio, and, and which, which I think is interesting. Yeah. They have picked it ripe, but they've managed to ferment it and keep it. Obviously, haven't fermented it that much. I mean, they picked it relatively early because it mm. still has some acidity. Um, but leaving it on skin then just gives a bit more body and a bit more weight than a regular one. And I think for twelve euro, it's very very drinkable. And it, mm. it's it's a sunny day today. I think it's still time for rosé. I don't think we need to be. Uh, and can I say rosé? By the way, is my favourite pick as a general wine for Indian food for spicy food. Because okay, the, interesting. The roundness yeah. kind of catches the knee spice and mm. kind of softens it out. If you add acidic lager onto acidic hot food, 
it tends to double down on the acidity and the, and, the, and the sort of the heat, basically. So, I mean, it'll cool you down, but it won't actually remove any of the heat flavours. Whereas the slight softness you get from a rosé, um, mm. and then hopefully if it's sort of chilled, will also kind of, that will help cool. And then it'll also kind of round out and kind of link in with some of the spices. And, and there's often kind of red fruit flavours in, in Indian food as well. So. Mm. Lovely, yeah. So, so lager and rosé doesn't sound as ladsy at some point. <laughs> 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 uh, getting abuse already. I know, Sean, Split is a great movie. And that is M. Night Shyamalan too, uh, who did The Sixth Sense. And don't forget Unbreakable. <gasps> Genius stuff out of him. Great movie. I would concur, yes. Split. You, would, you thought Unbreakable was... Um, I thought well, Unbreakable, Unbreakable was tedious. It, it's not as good as Split, but definitely they were probably one of her, his like better films. But yes, he has been very much kind of like, one good film, three bad films. One good film, yeah. three bad films. So yeah. that's okay. kind of how I see Shyamalan. Did okay. you just Village? Was that him in the, the Village? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, okay. yeah. It was fine. Well, yeah, but you know. I know, yeah. But all know. It was now he started high, really, so yeah. That's, yeah. that's the problem, I suppose. Uh, I've yet to see a film done well when turned into a game and a game done well when turned into a film. Harry Potter Quidditch Cup, maybe, says Rory. I assume that was turned into, that was turned into a game. Was it? I don't know. Quidditch is a real sport, yeah. People, is, people yeah, yeah. play that in real life. Yeah. Although yeah. it's now called Quad yeah, it's Ball. quite sad. Have you seen it? I mean, they're running around. There's a bloke running around pretending to be the, the stitch. The snitch, snitch I know. And he's running around like in a stupid suit and they're not flying on broomsticks. I mean, it is the most ridiculous. I mean, it's the, the original game was meant to be a piss take and the actual game that they've created is much more of one, it seems to me. Know, people um, are having fun. Isn't that the most important thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't think that would generate that much controversy, uh, uh, really. Uh, right, Olivia, uh, what movie would you like to do first? Oh, I think we're going to start with Don't Worry, Darling, because that has been the movie on everyone's lips recently. Okay, Don't Worry, Darling, coming up after the break. Movies and Booze on Moncrief on News Talk. There you go. Isn't that chilling? And by chilling, I meant utterly boring. Uh, that was uh, Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, was that Harry Styles' a flawless American accent we were listening to there? No, no, it was um, a couple of the others um, that are featured in the film. Um, so that scene, I was kind of like cringing listening back to it. I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, this bit. Um, that's when um, Florence's character, Alice, is actually confronting Frank, who is kind of the leader of this utopian community kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it was. It, it's a very intense scene, but you know, like there's there's a point to all, all of her questions. Right, okay, so it uh, brings back to the, the, the premise for the movie then. So Jack and Alice, they are living in this blissful community in 1950s California in a town called Victory. It's like this little utopian little village and it's all very kind of Stepford Wivesy. So mm. all the husbands, they go off to work on the Victory project at the same time every day. All of the cars pull out of the driveway at the same time. The wives are there to wave them off and then they're there to welcome them home after cooking them a lovely meal. Maybe they did a bit of shopping during the day. Florence Pugh's character, Alice, she then realises that, you know, maybe things aren't all what they seem and she starts to question what she is seeing around her and that is kind of as much as I can say without getting into spoiler territory. Okay, all right, but are we into... Is it sci-fi or social commentary? So actually, I I would actually say sci-fi a little bit. Mm. Social commentary probably a little bit more but there are some sci-fi elements to it and especially with... um, There are certain scenes where she is starting to see past what is going on and she's starting getting like glimmers and glimpses and what people are calling hallucinations but what we the Uh. viewers know is probably actually like reality and in that sort of sense you do sort of get that little sci-fi vibe from it Um, but it is... Yeah, it's it's so convoluted and they overcomplicate pretty much everything that even when you do see what's going on and what the twist is, 
you are still not really sure what actually went down. There are still so many questions at the end, even though they think that they've answered them all. So it is... The twist is interesting. It's definitely shocking. But yeah, you're still kind so of there's no going, there's no conclusion at the end of it. There is and there isn't. It's right. just one of those things of like when you are asked when you <laughs> well then there isn't if you even answer that way. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like they okay. While, while they think that they've answered all the questions that people will have, I still had three questions or more like at the end of it as well. So you're kind of like, oh well, hang on. If this is the way this went, then what happened here? Oh no, no, that actually wasn't answered. Oh yeah, that was no okay. So there's a lot still that they did leave with like a few question marks, but whether that was intentional or not uh, remains to be seen. Oh, but no. I will say, Harry Styles, his weird accent is explained in the film. So for people who are wondering, okay, why, but they had why to write it, a light in the script for his crap acting. No, it's not actually an alien. <laughs> okay, but there is actually. I, I know you were saying that maybe it's that that's down to his bad acting, but you know the way like people they do if they live in a country for long enough, then the accent will start to adapt and things mm. like that. So his little Americanisms are kind of explained away in in that sense. Right, that makes sense. Okay, but then. It turns out there's another reason as well. Right, okay. There's another, <laughs> but, but, but this town is in the United States, is it? Yes, so, the, is, but there, yeah. Yeah, so it's described as like Victory is a town, small town, small community in California. Okay. So it's like gorgeous sunshine in the middle of the desert and then all the gents, they drive off to their jobs. The wives haven't got a clue what they're doing. All they know is that they are working on the Victory Project and it's all headed up by a chap called Frank who is played by Chris Pine. Mm. And do you get the sense, and this is early in the film, that... that all of America is like this or victory is slightly weirdly different? No, you definitely get a, they get a sense that this is like its own unique sort of little bubble in mm. the desert of California. So you, you already have that kind of opinion of there's something not right here and I want to know what it is. And then you do eventually find out. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, as a premise for a movie, that's that, that's not a bad one. We've kind of seen it before. Uh, but I suppose it, it's kind of the thing that uh, M. Night Shyamalan might actually do. But uh, um, maybe even better than this, could you argue? Oh, definitely. I actually think if Shyamalan had gotten his hands in this script, that maybe it might have been a bit better. Because for me, because it was so convoluted and it was a bit sort of stretched at times, there is a good film in there. There's a good plot and it had good ideas and some of the performances are fantastic. Florence Pugh and Chris Pine especially. Like, they are just on another level in comparison to um, the Poor other Harry cast. Styles. Poor Harry Styles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try so hard. But he's in loads more movies though. He can redeem himself. Ah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Star Fox from... Um, uh, Eternals, you know, when he gets back into the Marvel oh, yeah. Cinematic Universe, he'd be grand. Um, but there is a, there is a good film in there. It's just not executed in the way that I think they thought they did. Right. Okay. okay. Is it a bit unfair though to say that if if if, if Pine and Pew, you know, and they're more far more experienced actors than him, uh, like he's the new lad, really. He's the trainee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like he's just straight out of you know he's off the ankle. Course and there were some scenes where I was kind of just like, yeah, do you know what? Like that wasn't bad. Like there's a scene when he is kind of having a bit of a. I want to call it a hissy fit, but it was actually a little bit more serious than that. But um, he's kind of like, he's crying in the car. And like that moment, you can actually just see like the pure emotion in his face. And I thought he actually did a great job with that moment. Mm. Um, But there were some other scenes where he just couldn't reach the same level with the people that he was acting against. And it is just a case of, unfortunately, bless him, he tried. Like he he wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. Has he done any lessons? Does anyone know? I actually, I, I would be very surprised if he hasn't done some lessons. I'd say he probably did. Now, I have to say, when I saw him in Dunkirk, mm. I thought he was actually quite good in that. 
Yeah. But I suppose he was kind of playing he didn't himself. Say much. He yeah. didn't say much. And he was yeah. playing a young teenager kind of boy. And I suppose that that's who he was. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Godspeed, John. I've blanked that from my mind. I don't even remember him in Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. Oh, he was in a he boat was... on a beach, wasn't he? Yeah, he okay, was one yeah. of the soldiers on the beach okay, in that. Remember. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. They, they, yeah, but they're all wearing uniforms. That's they all look yeah. largely the same. With the same haircuts. But so, but we can't blame Harry Styles for this movie. If Harry Styles, you know, uh, had been replaced by somebody else, or, or or somebody else had replaced what's his name, who was kicked off it in the first place, mm-hmm. it would still be not a great movie. Yeah. At the end of the day, the the fault comes down to the way that the film itself was executed. So, if you are not enjoying it, it is not Harry Styles' fault. Right. Okay. Uh, it's actually <laughs> unfortunate because it seems to be kind of a spoiler-heavy kind of a film, so there's little you can say about it. Other than it's not that great. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I could talk around, the, like you could talk around why it's not good, but just it, just without the sort of specifics. And it is literally down to like, so the reveal of what like that twist is. It is from left field. You're kind of like you think it's going down one road, and then when they actually do reveal what's going on, you're kind of like, oh, that's interesting. But it's still when you think you know what it is and then they kind of add in a few, another few bits and you're kind of like, oh, hey, now I don't understand again. So it's that kind yeah. of like, but to be honest, complicating I'm intrigued that... enough because of all that teasing to yeah. find out. And you said it, it's a good, it's a good twist. I'm going to see it just to see what mm. that twist is. Is it long? Do we have to? <laughs> we... It's, yeah. it's the guts of two hours, yeah. yeah so wow. and, it, and it does yeah. actually feel the two hours as <laughs> yeah. well. So, you know, maybe a heavier edit uh, might have also helped it in that sense. Does it earn the twist? You know why sometimes there's a twist and you go, ah, for God's sake. Yeah. You just brought that in at the last minute. You know, I would say it, it earns it. It's still one that I'm like, it, it is from left field, but it mm. does kind of like earn it to be like, okay, like you, you really won't know what it is. You think you do, but you won't. And then when you do find out, you're kind of going, yeah, I don't think I could have ever have actually guessed Okay, even when you think back on the film, you're going, ah, yeah, the crews were there all along. A bit like The Sixth Sense, actually. We keep coming back to that. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's, and I think if if people were going to go back and, you know, chance around and go see it again, then they would be kind of like, oh, yeah, that's the this and that's the that and all. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I kind of want to see it now too, yeah. but I don't. I'm not going to go to a. Cin- this is in cinemas. I it assume. is. Yes, yes. Yeah. This is the big release in cinemas this yeah. week. But so, it'll be streamed at some point. It will. If you yeah. Want I'm to not going to pay cash then. money to find out what this is. Really. Yeah, I'd say with it being a a Warner Brothers production, I would suspect it'll end up on HBO Max eventually, and possibly then on Sky Cinema. Nice. Possibly. Okay. Well, that's a bit of a wait then. Yeah. yeah. When will Blackboard start streaming? Because isn't that is that nearly oh, almost gone out of cinemas now? That is a good question, but you know what? I can't wait to watch that again. I would go back and see Blackbird twenty times before going back to see Don't Worry, Darling. Okay, wait. wait so th- does that mean you thought Blackbird attained, which isn't difficult to do? That status of being so bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I see that as like this was Ireland's the room, and I understand <laughs> people will say to me, "No, no, what about fetal deviation?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no. This was literally." The Room, but Irish, because he, like, flatly had written it, he directed it, he possibly funded it, he starred in it, and, like, for an action film with no action, it still did, it still entertained me, you know? And you could sit there and say, oh, well, everything about it was terrible. It's like, yeah, I probably, I think I only gave it maybe 
2 out of 10 for a score. Is it a bit like... an 8 out of 10 in terms of you had fun watching it and I would definitely go and see that again. Do you remember Wild Mountain Time? That's what I felt about that. Was that it was so terrible but it was so funny to watch and to listen to the bizarre Irish accents that I actually really enjoyed it and I would watch it again. See, Is it on those lines? Wild Mountain Time I actually thought was too painful to watch again. okay. The pain threshold was too much. Twitter parties that that all everyone logs on and watches Wild Mountain Time and they all tweet and use it in a bit. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say with the room, there was lots, lots of quotable lines from it because yeah. they were so bad. As far as I know, the only one from Blackbird is, you know, "Bless me, Father, I've sinned because I'm going to sin, sin again. again." No, then you've also got uh, the the lounge singer walking up to him and knowing now that you know Flatley wrote this line, and it's like she's sauntering up to Victor, going. You're looking very handsome there tonight there, Victor. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few, there's a few yes, I am, clang. aren't I? What there's about the bit the trailer when he's like, I'll never surrender. That's a pretty good one <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, good one too. I just can't wait to see like what is going to be the version of throwing spoons at the screen. Because like, that's what they do in the room. Because mm. there's spoons dotted all around the place. So then oh. whenever you see a spoon on the screen, you throw a plastic spoon at the You could wear a hat to it though as well. That'd be one thing, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or one's panties. Every time a change changing fedora uh, or changing hat yeah. happens you know you gotta take a bite a of popcorn or a drink <laughs> okay what I've taken from all of that are here are films that we haven't reviewed that we really want to see uh, right okay actually something I am genuinely looking forward to Sinead, uh, this uh, Sinead O'Connor uh, documentary uh, it's coming out next month yeah which is really exciting and I honestly didn't know much about this until this week to be honest with you when they released the first trailer uh, it's going to be called Nothing Compares which I think is a nice title um, and it just charts Sinead's you know huge rise to success um, and you know how she used her voice at the height of her stardom and then obviously her kind of exile then from the pop world you know with her controversial statements um, this is by a uh, director from Belfast called Cathy Ferguson and so far it seems very well received it won an award at the Sundance Film Festival it's also won lots of awards um, in Irish festivals as well and there is talk that this could be tipped for an Oscar mm. so there's a lot of praise coming for this um, I've only seen the trailer and the trailer opens when she was uh, performing at a tribute concert for Bob Dylan. And oh yeah, she had an awful time at she that. She was yeah. being booed so heavily that she was booed off stage and you can see the emotion in her face. I mean, she's very young at the time, mm. but I'm pretty sure it was shortly after she the, the ripped Pope up thing. the Pope thing. Yeah on SNL um, and like she speaks in the documentary and from what I, I've heard from the trailer like she really just doubles down on everything that she's done uh, you know she's no regrets and she absolutely stands by everything that she said and kind of explaining how she saw her platform as you know an excuse to or you know a reason to make strong messages you know and she makes no apologies for it so it, it looks like a really good documentary. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing it and I think it will be very well received. Well, I think I, it, it often strikes me about that particular episode and it's such a long time ago, people might re- remember it, that it was so controversial at the time that she ripped up this picture of the Pope. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, afterwards subsequent events proved her to be 100% correct. Yes. And so it's more, and like she was vilified for doing that. She was. And all the people who vilified her actually owe her an apology for making her life a misery. The reason she said she did it is she spotted an article uh, for people who were um, trying to make allegations of of sexual abuse against the church and they were being silenced. Mm. And so that just inspired her to to do that. And because she was brought up very religious and very Catholic and she just, that made her realise that everything that she'd been brought up with, you know, she felt it was a lie. So she said for her, it was the right thing to do at the time. And 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Subsequently, I think um, she... T- well, if you read, you her, uh, read her, uh, her memoir, she was very religious, but in a very Sinead O'Connor way, if yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> she wasn't at Mass every Sunday, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, right, uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. Uh, uh, coming up, uh, another movie and more wine. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. Kev uh, says uh, Sinead O'Connor was due to duet with Booker T in Madison Square Gardens the week after she tore up the Pope's picture. That appearance was cancelled 20 years later when Booker T played the Sugar Club. They met and duetted for the first time and what a joy it was to be there. Uh, says Kev, who's only texted in there just to, to brag about where he was. <laughs> uh, uh, Carol says, I'd rather, I'd sooner watch your parallel driver guest earlier from earlier than watch that Gran Turismo movie. Uh, <laughs> what is David Harbour thinking? A good actor, but he was terrible choice in the movies he does I mean Hellboy what was even that uh, Glenn says uh, there, there was more plot in your uh, in your wine guy explaining Pinot grapes <laughs> than anything that Gran Turismo movie has so um, doesn't bode very well for a future audience so tell us the plot of our second uh, wine today then Leslie there's a tentative connection between the first two wines first one was from the Veneto the most po- common grape in the Veneto in Amarone and Valpolicella is Cortese and this is made by a bloke called Cortese um, called Simon Cortese and it's also made in the same style as you would make uh, Recciotto Amarone so as in a, a dried grape wine from, from the, uh, the north so the, as I was saying that there's a trend towards this and um, we have just developed a sweeter palate for wine if anyone's come across wines like Apotheca like 19 Crimes they are sugary I mean 19 Crimes is like 7 or 8 grams of residual sugar mm. and a big dose of mega purple I'm told possibly allegedly and mega yes. purple is the thing that adds <laughs> sort of colour and richness to it um, and nothing completely uh, um, it's quite commonly used there's nothing, nothing wrong with using any of these things um, it's just it, it's it's a richer style but this I think actually has some subtlety and some sort of leather and spice character to it and uh, some dark fruits it's um called La Cascata Passavento uh, and the grapes are Negro Amaro and Primitivo so they're the two most common grapes you find oh. in Puglia yeah. Negro Amaro in Silicio Salentino Primitivo is just really common Primitivo is also Zinfandel uh, if you've heard of Zinfandel I'm sure most people have mm. um, and I just think it, it, there is some richness to it but I don't think it's in any way sweet I think there's just some lice oh, and yeah, yeah. spice no, like and ripeness I like tasted apotheca and yeah I know it's pretty I strong. wouldn't be a fan yeah, that's part of that way. <laughs> uh, but I think this is really good. I think this I is like sort that. of uh, yeah. Inc- yeah, and you can mm. drink this a little cooler as well. I mean, you absolutely. By the way, we can drink red wine cooler. Actually, if you, want you to, could. You know, yeah, you actually, that's a little bit of you know. Yeah. Are you supposed to put red wine in the fridge, or only certain types? Uh, well, you, you can if you want to. There's absolutely okay. no one stopping you. But say you've just spent sixty quid in a bottle of wine, would well, you put it in? The okay, fridge? so natural wines, as in those ones with low sulfur, sometimes which have a little bit of funk in them, they're better from the fridge. And in ah. fact, so note wine bar. I think almost all their red wines are in the fridge because they specialize in natural wines and they think they, they show better. Um, no, I mean, the, the temperature for a wine is um, castle room temperature. So that's 14, 16 degrees. Six, 16, 18 for maybe richer styles. Uh, for Sorry, for like Pinot Noir, maybe 16, 18. Bordeaux, they say 18 sometimes. I actually think 15, 16. So if you think about your house temperature of 25 is actually quite not, not, not an uncommon um, the one thing you should never do is put it on the radiator my god don't put it on oh, the radiator yeah. I was that's what I know a lot of people yeah, yeah. do yeah. next no, to the rad no, <laughs> my dad soup. does that it'll taste too soup you want because the alcohol just burns off and you're just tasting the alcohol no you, you want mm. freshness so we drink our red wines too warm and our white wines too cool so Cold should white wines, wine be in the fridge well you see the correct temperature for expensive white wine is 10-11 degrees so for good burgundy um, and that's fridge is 5 I would leave it in the fridge but don't take it out take it out before, before you drink it yeah. yeah okay and if it's really inexpensive wine that you're really worried about um, then put it in the freezer and drink it ice cold and it, well, you won't notice it <laughs> 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 it won't make a difference but yes. the people do that like 
that's sticking it in the freezer because it just came from the shop because it's not yeah, cold enough and then you forget about it and, and, it and then it explodes in, that, in the, yeah. yeah we've all done I, I, <laughs> but I mean, I, there's a friend of mine who likes to keep his white wine in the, fri- in the freezer because he likes it ice, ice cold really? and, yeah, and it's, I think he's wrong person that's too cold you, you yeah. won't get any flavour of it but if it's a really light let's say an inexpensive not very good quality Pinot Grigio which is very light then yeah absolutely ice cold like Budweiser you know sorry uh, for all the questions but right. last thing Ice cubes in white wine. What's the story yeah, see, with that? Okay, so if you're in a bar and you've asked for a glass of white wine and it's not very cold, or you've asked for a glass of red wine and it's bloody, you know, 28 degrees because of all the people in the in the bar, um, absolutely ask for some ice discreetly in a glass and then drop okay. a cube in and take it out after a minute or two so it doesn't get dilute. Yes. But, but to bring it down to the right temperature, absolutely do it. Now look, people go mad when I say this, but like wine professionals be able to do it. Like if, I would rather drink the wine at the right temperature and have it a tiny bit dilute um, than to drink um, a wine that's the wrong temperature. Um, and obviously you don't want to dilute it so much that it's, you know. That, yeah. Yeah. But but a li- but an ice cube dropped in and then tested regularly. Um, you know, I frequently ask for buckets of iced water in restaurants for the red wine because it's been stored at the wrong temperature. I freaks waiters out. So it's shocking. <laughs> oh right, because it's too warm. It's then too warm. generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it totally freaks them out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the wine waiter is probably you know vaguely insulted as yeah, well that you've done that yeah. uh, more than vaguely insulted anyway the next person to fall into the grave uh, already dug for Harry Styles seems to be Taylor Swift oh Taylor Swift yeah so she <laughs> we got a first look of Taylor Swift in a new movie called Amsterdam which is being released in a few weeks time in October and the fact that I haven't heard that much about it makes me think maybe the movie isn't going to be brilliant but um, Amsterdam is basically a murder mystery movie set in the 1930s in America um, there's three lead characters a nurse a doctor and a lawyer they embark on a murder mystery and uh, by doing that they also uncover one of America's biggest secrets so big plot uh, Taylor plays the character of Liz Meekins who is the grieving daughter of the man who's been murdered and the man who's been murdered is actually played by Christian Bale so okay. there is an absolutely massive cast in this Margot Robbie Christian Bale uh, uh, John David Washington The Rock Anna Taylor Joy Robert De Niro Robert Rami De Niro. Malik, right. Mike Myers and Taylor Swift. It's an absolutely huge cast. Yeah. Um, like, I think it looks good, but it's, it's just, just a kind of a Knives that. Out job then. I, don't, I didn't like Knives Out, so I really hope <gasps> it's not. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I thought, Sharp intake of breath. I, don't, I just thought uh, there was too many people. There's too much going on. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of murder mysteries in general, okay. but I do love the 1930s and I think this visually will look really, really good. And I do like all the actors in this, so I have high hopes. But when I first read this, I was like, oh, Taylor Swift, she's going to be in a movie. Like, fair play to her, her first one. No. Cast your mind back to 2010 when she was in the awful movie Valentine's Day, uh, which was a movie all about Valentine's Day. And she had a small role in that. And then more recently, she was in uh, The Trainwreck that was Cats. The oh, movie, wow. God. which yeah. people forget about because everyone's blocked cats from yeah. their mind. But she played a cat called Bomberina, who was a very strange ginger looking cat. And if you've seen it, you know, the cats in this don't go on four paws. They're on two legs like a human and they have human faces, but cat bodies. So Taylor was in that, but obviously didn't make a big coup about it. But has since said she didn't regret being in it because she probably has to say that. But I'll be interested yeah, to do. see her in uh Amsterdam like I will go and see that it looks can I put it on one. record now that I'm, I'm going to say like she's the killer <laughs> oh, good yeah she does have that kind of sly look around her so yeah you never yeah. know is there any evidence she can act no 
Okay. Then okay. no, no, she's actually pretty good in some of them that I but I thought I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I, I like music music videos and the like a proper like movie mm. or TV series even they're they're they are two different beasts. But yeah, I I even like her little quirky character in Valentine's Day. I was just like no. She was. She's been in SNL a few times, and she was actually very funny in those sketches. Oh. I thought. But my problem is, will anyone be able to separate Taylor Swift from the mm. character she's playing in any movie? I don't know. Like she's so mega, mega big. Um, but I'm willing to give her a shot. Maybe she'll be Harry Styles. Well, that's exactly, take two. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was probably what she's hoping not to be. Uh, I would have thought. Right. We'll move on to our uh, second movie, one that uh, uh, Taylor Swift isn't in. It's uh, unless, her, unless she's a Gwail Gore. It's Rosha and Frank. Here's a clip. Gonna start the war. Bro. Posh, Mama, my dad, do be at her birthday. Care then, Rod Jernach, a door tarshalam. Mum. Neil Jerry and our scale go for the cray. I shed him the gallon. A talk I rash. How do I know him as a mirror? Rushy crack gold. I shrink out the hand here, she and I guess the whole American madras is here on Tussie. Frank. Frank is an of them. There you go. Uh, so, um,. Tell us about the dog. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> so essentially, poor Rosha, she is a widow and she's still grieving for her lost husband. And she comes across this this little pooch, this little doggo who is adorable. And she decides then that the dog is actually her husband reincarnate. And Aww. then... They, 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 <laughs> I know, right? That's all you need, really, isn't so, it? <laughs> yeah, and they, and they become like best mates and they, he brings her joy and she makes herself happy. But of course, not everybody is happy with the situation. The neighbour who has kind of had his eye on on Rosha now that she was a single lady uh, is a little bit jealous of the dog and you kind of nearly end up with like a a love triangle between two humans and a dog (laughs) and um, it's that kind of bewilderment of like what am I watching here at times but you're just like oh but it's so good it is just a wonderful it sounds very charming it is and the fact that it's actually in the Irish language as well it is Asquelga and for me I was just just so proud watching it as well it was it, it's just not only a great Irish language film it's just a great film in yeah. Irish well there's been a, a slew of great films in Irish in, in the last 18 months anyway yes and on Colin Kuhn being like mm. one of the front runners for best foreign language film now at the Oscars next year I actually think is a phenomenal achievement but also when you sort of see the quality of Irish film really improving over the last few years then you're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we, we can do this. We, we can, you know, put a few more up, uh, up against uh, a couple of other countries now as well over the next few years. And it's a very exciting time for, for Irish cinema, I think. Yeah. And, and Roshan Frank, though, is, is, is it a comedy? Would you... it, it is funny at times. I would probably say it's more straight, but just a few like humorous moments sort of mm, uh, mm. peppered into it, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, like the the neighbour there, Lorcan uh, Kranich uh, plays the neighbour and he ha- he does have a lot of fun with, with that <laughs> role as well. Um, but I do think like the, the focal point is, of course, uh, Breedney Nocton, who plays Rosha. And she is just a phenomenal actress. She's uh, mostly done a lot of uh, theatre work. I actually used to work with her uh, daughter when we were working in the Abbey together and she was often in a lot of the shows there um, oh. at the time as well. So, what were you doing was, in the Abbey? I was working behind the bar. 
Oh right! Nice. <laughs> you see, you just you just threw that out there, and everyone listening was going, "Oh, I was, you know, correction." Yes. Okay, so you were sweeping bar. up with her daughter, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Pour, pouring the pints against, yeah, you yeah. know, proper, proper work there. It's an yeah. important role, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to make sure those interval drinks are there and waiting for <laughs> yeah. everybody. Um, but yeah, like Breed, like she's she's not only just a lovely person, she's also an absolutely fantastic actress as well. So it it was just lovely to see her in this role because you could see that not only was she it was something that she could sink her teeth into really really well but she was also having fun with it and mm. I think when you can see an actor is actually enjoying what they're doing then that really adds to the performance and as well. where in Ireland is it set? Do you know my brain has just well, it, was it like, is it, well I suppose it doesn't matter but is it rural Ireland or urban Ireland? Um, more kind of suburban Yeah okay fine Yeah, no, I, I just think that's interesting for an Irish language film, the temptation might be to stick it out in the country kind of mm. thing. But I, I, you know, I applaud that decision that they've stuck it in yeah. in a suburban part of Ireland. Um, it's set in Waterford, there you go. which is exactly what Olivia was just about to say. <laughs> I just so. stole the yeah. words uh, out of her mouth. I was, uh, like, I was like, I knew it was somewhere down south. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something Can with a W. Set in yeah. as well. Uh, set in Waterford as well. It was actually yes. All yes. oh, right, okay. Yeah. There you go. It's the, it's the oh, movie the capital of Ireland at the moment. <laughs> uh, we were going to give away some Marks and Spencer's wine. Uh, we do have two winners. Uh, Des Cawley in Tipperary uh, is uh, our first winner today. Of course, it's it's Percy Pigs uh, was the answer. Uh, also, Sarah Shine in Newbridge uh, in County Kildare, just because she wrote, "Please, please, please, please let it be me, please." <laughs> Thank you. We don't know if she actually answered the question or not, but we just uh, uh, gave. <laughs> into all that begging uh, Olivia, Rachel and Leslie thank you all thank very you. much for uh, coming you. in today that's all that for today Kieran's up next on News Talk our production team today Simon Tierney Sinead Keogh Claire Collins and Ken Doran have a lovely weekend we'll talk to you on Monday Movies and Booze I'm Moncrief on News Talk